Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard, and you're listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. It's time for everyone's favorite topic, that's VORs. Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com, and you are listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast, brought to you by our number one rated online ground school. Check it out, no strings attached, no credit card needed, M0Atrial.com. See what everybody's talking about, and see why the best just keeps on getting better. I'm sure you've already seen uh, just so much and so many amazing things all this week all about it. M0Atrial.com. Seriously, go check it out. Hop on a webinar every Tuesday at 2 p.m. I am live for two hours with you all right here in the studio. And it's absolutely incredible. I mean, if you're a ground school member listening to this, you know it's one of the one of the best features we have. It's absolutely incredible. And speaking of webinars, I don't know, was it now a month ago, three weeks ago? I did a great VFR and IFR webinar on the topic of VORs. I just want to share a little bit with you from my third favorite book. Um, in the AIM, the FAR AIM, AIM chapter one. You can see it's all highlighted up. I did many, many months ago. Now I did an entire chapter by chapter study of the AIM. It was a lot, a lot of fun. It was a lot of work too but it was a lot of fun to dive into it. We're talking VORs today, and to understand VORs better, we need to have a strong foundation. That foundation starts with the basics. What does VOR even stand for? Think about it. What does VOR actually stand for? VOR stands for VHF, Omnidirectional Range. So VHF, that's the V, Omnidirectional, Omni is the O, Omnidirectional, and the R is Range. It's a lot here. You know your VORs operate between the frequency of 108.0 and 117.95 megahertz. It's a frequency band that runs through as well, so you can see that. And I just wanna go over some kind of interesting facts with you. On the webinar, I was able to really dive into, remember those questions, and maybe you haven't gotten there yet uh, in your studies or in the actual knowledge test? You know. Um, you're flying, you see HSID, which is the corresponding airplane, one, two, or three, and you're like, oh my goodness. Like people people have a hard time even looking at those things. We did a whole webinar and it was a lot of fun. So better understanding those. Let's dive into this. Did you know VORs? First off, VORs, I'll answer the burning question is, are VORs going away? And the answer is kind of. So here's what's happening. Yes, we, I say we like I'm a part of the FAA. I'm not in the least bit and, and no, <laughs> I'm fine in my current career path. I love M0A.com. They, that's the right verbiage to use. It's late when I'm recording this, so maybe a little tired. They, they being the administrators, they like to call themselves, the FAA is slowly phasing out VORs. In fact, they have what's called the MON, M-O-N. It stands for the Minimum Operational Network. The VOR Minimum Operational Network, the MON. Let me read it to you, actually. 
as flight procedures and route structures based on VORs are gradually being replaced with performance-based navigation, PBN procedures, the FAA is removing selected VORs from service. PBN, performance-based navigation procedures, are primarily enabled by GPS and its augmentation systems, collectively known as the Global Navigation Satellite System, GNSS. Now, so yes, we are slowly phasing out some VORs. In fact, if you look on, you can see if your VOR is going to be a victim of this. Go to your low and root chart, look at your VOR, and if above your VOR it says MON, M-O-N, that means that VOR is a part of this minimum operational network, MON. If you don't see it, there's a good chance your VOR is on the chopping block. Now, we're always, I can't say, and I can't say that. I can't say we're always going to have VORs because there'll be something else that'll come along. Maybe even GPS is gonna play second fiddle to something one day. The thing is, GPS has its limitations. Anybody ever been a victim of GPS jamming testing? The technology's out there, our military has it, and the scary part is other militaries uh, and other countries um, and other nefarious groups will say, have it. That's the scary part. I was out west, actually, I think I was bringing the Technum home, and there was a notum for testing the GPS jamming technology, and I'm living proof that it works, because our, our beautiful G1000 was basically not worth much. And we were just going VOR to VOR uh, to work and to navigate in a paper sectional chart. And that's how we flew a, a portion of the desert somewhere in Utah home. Uh, it was fun. It was good practice. It was funny hearing the airline pilots going, what do you mean the GPS is, uh, is uh, being tested right now, or being jammed right now? They didn't check the notams, nor do they know how to track to a VOR, it sounded like either. Like, I haven't done this in forever. So it was kind of funny to listen to all that. The technology works. And again, in the event there was ever an outage or something malicious and GPS goes down, our national airspace system doesn't have to go down. We can still operate on VORs. We can still operate on VORs through this minimum uh, operational network, MON. Are the VORs that don't say MON above them on the low and root chart just gonna magically go away one day? The answer is no. It's my understanding they're gonna do it just like they did with NDBs, non-directional radio beacons, NDBs. And there's still some NDBs out there. You fly in Alaska, you still deal with some NDBs. NDBs, what they said is, hey, we're phasing out NDBs. When it breaks, we're not fixing it anymore. I imagine that's how VORs. They're not gonna come and just rip up a perfectly good VOR. What they're gonna say instead is, hey, when it's broken, I'm sorry, we're not fixing it. It's kinda like when you own that car and they say, we're not making parts anymore. Scary, <laughs> always a scary situation to find yourself in, right? You're hoping somebody does something aftermarket, but with VORs, it's the same kind of thing. When when they break, we're not fixing them, and there's no aftermarket parts, so they're just they're done. I don't know what they'll become. They'll be taken. I don't know what'll happen to the actual structure of them, but the technology when it breaks, it's done, just like ND, uh, NDBs. So just keep a note of that, and knowing that it's going to be important to say. How do you know when a VOR isn't working? Well, we know we identify the VOR by listening to the Morse code. And I need to share a little confession with you. When I was learning instrument 
and I saw, I had to listen to Morse code. I thought, this is archaic. Like, why is aviation in the Stone Age that we're, we're sitting here listening to Morse code? Do I need to learn Morse code? All these things. And I said, oh no, it's printed on the chart for you. I need to confess to you. And I'm sure no one else has ever done this. I'm sure it was just me. So this is just Jason's. I'm in my, I'm in my little confession corner. Um, there were times where I tuned up the VOR, heard just Morse code, dots and dashes, and said it was good. What's the problem with that? Well, I could have been tuned to the wrong VOR. I didn't check OCF. Or did you know if they're testing the VOR, they broadcast test, T-E-S-T, -E dash, dot, 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 dash. And there I am thinking, oh, I hear Morse code, it must be good. It could have been broadcasting test. In my mind, I just thought if I don't hear anything, then it's an issue. That's not the case. I could be listening to the wrong VOR or they could be testing it and broadcasting test in Morse code. And there I am shooting my VOR approach with erroneous signals. Do you see the problem with all of that? We have to tune and identify these VORs. You know, VORs will eventually go away and there'll be another technology that replaces it. Maybe there's something even better than GPS out there we don't know about. And GPS is gonna play the VOR role sometime in the future. You know, I don't know um, all those answers. I know it's very, very possible. I know you probably don't like shooting VOR approaches and doing VOR to VOR navigation. You want a GPS direct, enter, enter, follow the magenta line. Like, I get it. However, I need you to learn and, and just not even learn, maybe relearn, maybe brush off, dust off the skills to make sure you understand VOR navigation. Can you, can you work with reverse sensing? Can you still intercept? Can you do a VOR hold? Can you do all of these things? It's gonna prove so vitally important really in everything that you do to keep your VOR skills sharp because they'll leave you. It's GPS is too easy. Flying the Cirrus is just too much fun, right? All that technology, all that buttonology, flying 2-3 Mike Zulu, so much technology at your fingertips in a 1972 airplane that we turned into Frankenstein in a way. Like there's so much amazing technology and it's all right there at your fingertips with that. So it's just something else to ponder. Keep working on your VOR skills. Anyways, you know, it's always my mission to keep these short and to the point. Hope you absolutely loved it this week. Again, m0atrial.com to hop on some of those webinars I've been talking so much about. I hope to see you in there. Take that two-week free, uh, no strings attached trial, m0atrial.com. M0 Nation, have a blessed, amazing, outstanding rest of your day. And most importantly, remember, a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, everybody. I'll see you.